Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching today or listening over at pathtozion.com. You can always reach out to us via email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com should you want to do so. We always welcome your comments, questions, concerns, and interaction. Uh, today we're going to get right to it. What have we titled this um, series? Probably going to be two parts today. When a righteous man repents. When a righteous man repents, and it really begs a good question, does a righteous man need to repent? If you watch the program with any regularity, you know a, a phrase that I have been saying for many years, probably over 15 now, is something I heard in a sermon years and years ago about the sign that a man has truly repented is that that man is still repenting. And so we have to answer that question real quickly is there repentance needed for a righteous man? Um, and we're going to allow the word of Elohim to help us add to our understanding towards something um, that I believe is very, very necessary in this hour. Um, and, and let's just go ahead and get right to it. We're going to have to read a lot of text. Most of part one will probably re be reading the scriptural text that we're going to talk about. And uh, we, we're introduced to our main character today. His name is Josiah. And if you watch the uh, Christmas series that was just concluded about a week ago, um, A Pharisaical Christmas, we talked very briefly about Josiah at the end because he was a perfect example of one who was unwilling to just continue to walk out the traditions of his fathers, the, the, the traditions of the elders. We compared that with um, Yeshua um, and his criticism of the men of his age, the leaders of his age, who were what? Propping up their own man-made traditions and exalting them over Yahweh's ways and traditions, and thereby nullifying, making of no use, the word of Elohim. And so we talked about the culmination of that series um, br very briefly about Josiah and the biblical account we have of him redeeming um, his seat of authority, um, that the, the fathers that had gone be before him in, in most of the lineage had, had abandoned and, and forsaken. Um, and so I've still continued to be thinking towards him and reading the text a couple more times um, in Second Kings and Second Chronicles where, where this man Josiah appears. And I'm fascinated with men like Josiah, like Hezekiah, who came in and just made a big mess of everything idolatrous that had preceded them and did their best to rid themselves and the land um, and Yahweh's house of idolatry and desecration. Um, it is where I find my own identity in some measure, and so I love to read about it and therefore, of course, talk about it. So that's what this series will be, this two-part, very likely series, When a Righteous Man Repents. Um, now, a little bit of backstory, just because this really helps us understand um, what Josiah, uh, what he inherited as a young man, um, and we'll get to, of course, most of you, if not everyone already knows, he, he came into the function of king at, at eight years old. Um, but his father was Ammon. Um, Ammon, we're told in the scriptures, was a man who did evil in the sight of Yahweh. Um, primarily, to quote the scripture um, itself, he was found walking in all the way that his father, who was Manasseh, walked in. 
and he served the idols that his father served, and he, um, Ammon, worshipped them. Um, and so right at the very beginning, this is, of course, what directly preceded um, young Josiah coming in to fill the, the, the function of king. He is inheriting what his father inherited and continued and carried on, which was what? The traditions of his father. So this jumps right off of our Pharisaical Christmas series. Um, just again, trying to expand it a bit more, but you know, we have the Christmas topic and the idolatry of the Christian um, traditions we've been handed, um, and now just sticking scripturally um, specific um, into the life uh, of Josiah and what's going on there is what we're going to talk about. And Talmudic tradition, again, from a historical standpoint, which is very safe to talk about because it's history, it even states that this, uh, his father Ammon burned the Torah. Um, in order to show that they were free to worship as they pleased. Okay, um, Now, this will make much sense later, as we'll read that, that at least one copy, or at least a part, um, of Torah was, was when it was discovered later in, in Josiah's day that we're about to read. Um, it had been hidden and preserved by someone. Um, there's different commentaries that believe it was found in different ways, in different places, and in different forms. Most... Um, most seem to believe that it is they, that what was found was the book of Deuteronomy. Um, whatever it is, the case is going to be clear about what was found and um, how it was presented, what Josiah did when it was presented to him, and what it brought about um, is, is, is incredible. And, and boy, do we need to hear this in this hour um, that we now live here. Um, and so his father Ammon was reported to have burned the Torah copies um, to show that they were free to worship however they desired, however they see fit. Um, other historical commentaries would have us believe that Ammon openly invited the worship of other gods and criticized the worship of Yahweh alone and one law code for all men. Okay, And so this is a pattern we've got to understand, and I was just talking to my son about this upstairs mere moments ago, literally, because he said, I told him I'm going to go down and record some episodes. He said, well, what are you going to be talking about, Dad? So, well, okay, well, let's sit down because this is going to take a while. And I, as I talk about this and I just explain to him as an 11-year-old boy, son, we have been given this incredible, miraculous book that within it holds the instruction for all of humanity, and specifically Yahweh's people who adhere to it, covenantally speaking, we have been shown patterns and cycles of, of mankind as a whole, of all of humanity, and specifically Yahweh's people. What patterns do we see? What cyclical um, repetitions do we see throughout the word of Elohim? Why? to teach us and to train us. I see patriotic Christian Americans say all the time about history, well, we've got to be careful we don't neglect history because whoever forgets history is bound to repeat it. Yes and amen. If we don't understand the, the wayward ways of all of the endless generations that preceded us, that like Ammon, Josiah's father, said, you know what? We are putting away the name of Yahweh and the worship of him alone, and there is no one law code for all of man, for this nation, 
There, there is not. Are you telling me there's just one code of living for all of Judah? Come on. There's other ways to do this. And friend, that is the pattern that all of us here in 2022 have inherited. This is what we have inherited in, in Christianity, is a replacement theology that says, you know what? We do not need to answer to one law code and one lawgiver anymore. We now have a Savior who has redeemed us from the law, and now we're free we're free unto worshiping him as we see fit. I'm free now. I'm free now. And friend, if I, I, am, I am pleading with you to consider that what I'm going to present in all the scriptures we're going to read will point you to that fact in your own life and, of course, in mine, in ours, in our shared inheritance of what we have been handed here in our age, which is no different whatsoever. Um, the Talmud records an interesting digression in the lineage of Judah's kings that we're going to look into today in this text, stating, and this is very important because this is a great summary of what we're talking about in actual history of Judah. King Ahaz, again, we're going to talk about just a couple kings in order. King Ahaz suspended the sacrificial work, worship. Um, and then Hezekiah's reform came. Praise the Father for that. A little blip of hope. Um, Manasseh tore down the altar. Ammon made it a place of des desolation. Um, Jewish commentaries talk about how it was literally found covered in cobwebs and dust. It was literally neglected entirely. Ahaz sealed up the scrolls of the Torah. Manasseh cut out the sacred name of Yahweh. Okay? Ammon burnt the scrolls altogether. So again, we see this digression of the inheritance of one's father. And we take it, and we take it even further. And we take it, and we take it even further, I say, away from its origin, away from the, the pureness at its outset. It is what humanity does. And until we have the revelation that we're about to receive from the, the account of King Josiah, until that happens, we too will just ignorantly continue on in the ways of traditions that we, too, have been handed, that are, again, very, very, very eerily similar, that should warn us, as we will talk about a lot um, in this series. So yet again, the scriptures reveal the pattern that we, too, have inherited. We have been convinced that we have been set free from the righteous traditions of Torah. We, like um, Ammon, are saying the worship of Yahweh alone and one law code for all man, that's just outdated, man. <laughs> We've got to get with the times. And in this age, we're in a grace age now. We don't need law. And we've mishandled and misappropriated and misunderstood, of course, um, the gospel teachings and, and of course, um, Paul's letters um, that have led us to believe a doctrine of replacement that has never been taught ever. Uh, in fact, it's just been grandly uh, misunderstood. And even that we have inherited. We have inherited bad doctrine and horrible translation and commentary towards the fullness of the word of Elohim. Um, but to get to our point specifically, and then we're going to read the text, um, Ammon, just to bring him to a conclusion, after only two years of reigning as king, uh, he's, he's assassinated by his own men, killed only two years in, which is why Josiah um, was brought in as king is only at only eight years old. This is not the plan. Um, 
So Josiah becomes king. We're, we're told some very interesting things about Josiah um, at the outset of his reign. Now pay attention. This is very important because I'm going to read a verse, and then we're going to read the text in its entirety. Okay? Please don't just check out or skip out um, mentally because I'm going to actually read the Bible for a good amount of time. But I want to read this verse before we read the entire text for, for a purpose. Josiah, quote, "...did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh, and he walked in all the ways of his father David, and turned not aside to the right or to the left." So we have to establish, as I did a tiny bit in the uh, Christmas series, Josiah was right in the eyes of Yahweh, okay? He was a righteous, upstanding, godly man, okay? A king who ruled in righteousness, okay? He walked in the ways of his father David, which we know is just, it is a, a way of saying he, in the, in the lineage of the, of the role of king, performed his function pleasing in the eyes of, of the father. He didn't turn to the right or the left, and again, he did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh. So, so let's read for a little while. And again, please, I want to urge you to pay attention, because um, this will be the bulk of the remainder of part one. Um, and we're going to start, it's, this is in 2 Kings and in 2 Chronicles, of course. We're just going to read the King's account, um, and we'll see how we, how we go here and how we're flowing along if we need to break any. Um, chapter 22 of 2 Kings, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedidiah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And he did right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in all the ways of his father David, as we just read. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. It came about in the 18th year of King Josiah, of his reign, okay, so he's 26, um, that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of Yahweh, and he said this to him, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest that he may count the money brought in to the house of Yahweh, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of Yahweh, and let them give it to the workmen who are in the house of Yahweh to repair the damages of the house. And so just real quick, this is just reparations are needing to be made. Um, the, the literal house of Yahweh is in disrepair, um, it's damaged, it's flawed, it's been broken down, um, it's been neglected, and just it's, it's, it's not in a good condition. It's not anywhere at all consecrated and set apart anymore. Um, verse 6 continues, um, To the carpenters and the builders and the masons and for buying timber and hewn stone to repair the house, only no accounting shall be made with them for the money delivered into their hands, for they deal faithfully. Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I've found the book of the law in the house of Yahweh. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan who read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought back word to the king and said, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of Yahweh. Moreover, Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it in the presence of the king. And it came about when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. The king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Achbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asasiah, 
the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of Yahweh for me and the people in all of Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. Why? For great is the wrath of Yahweh that burns against us, because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. I will read this again as I did a week ago, because this is so... This is such a pointed message that has got to be resounding in this age that we live in today. Okay, because again, we have to go back to the very beginning when what? Josiah did right in the eyes of the Lord. This is an upstanding righteous man, man hence the name when a righteous man repents. So, so this book of the Torah is found, it is discovered, and it is read in the presence of the king, and... He says this in response, Great is the wrath of Yahweh that burns against us. Why? Because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So he finds an identity within what's being read of this is about us. We have been rebellious. We have been negligent of the law code of Yahweh Elohim, and we did not even know it. That's very, very important to what we're going to present in part two. This righteous man hears the Torah of Elohim, and he has this revelation. We have not been right in the eyes of Yahweh. And because of that, the wrath of Yahweh burns against us. Okay, why? Again, because of the the, the traditions of the fathers. Okay, the traditions of the fathers, friend, today is no different whatsoever. We have all inherited this exact same problem. So verse 14, Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asaiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva. Moving on. (laughs) She lived in Jerusalem And they spoke to her, and she said to them, Thus says Yahweh Elohim of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I bring evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other Elohim, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore, My wrath burns against this place, and it shall not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, to Josiah, who sent you to inquire of Elohim, thus shall you say to him, Thus says Yahweh Elohim of Israel regarding the words which you have heard, Because your heart, because your heart was tender. And you, Josiah, humbled yourself before Yahweh when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And because you have um, torn your clothes and because you have wept before me, I truly have heard you, declares Yahweh. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. Neither shall your eyes see all the evil which I will bring on this place. And they brought back word to the king. Summary. This prophetic word comes to Josiah. And I want to I highlight the, the fact of the power of his, 
just the power of his willingness to repent on his own behalf and on behalf of the people, that when the instruction, the Torah of Yahweh Elohim was discovered, unearthed, revealed into the light, and read, he saw their error. He saw their sin. He saw their idolatry. He saw the traditions of his fathers that had, that had defiled and ruined the literal people of Yahweh Elohim. And because, of, because he was willing to do that, Yahweh took notice by saying in verse 19 of 2 Kings 22, Because your heart was tender, and because you, Josiah, humbled yourself before Yahweh when you heard what I spoke, I have heard you because you tore your clothes, because you wept before me, because a righteous man repented, Yahweh's attention was on him, and he heard. This is worth noting to the utmost. I want to read some more. we got plenty of time. Let's just move on to um, chapter 23, because this is very important. This is so, this is for us today, friend. This, let me just say this. If we read the Older Testament as historical text only, oh, wow, that Josiah sure was a good guy, or we just kind of get these cliche Christian-y things that, that we plug into our, our grace doctrine thinking, and even people I've heard in sermons make the connection and say, oh, man, if only Josiah had what we have in Jesus. And friend, we miss the whole point. We elevate ourselves in, in arrogance and pride, and we miss the, the heart-wrenching repentance of a godly, righteous king, Josiah. Chapter 23. Then the king sent, and they gathered to him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up to the house of Yahweh, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him. And the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great, okay, everyone is gathering. And what did he do? <laughs> and he read in their hearings all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of Yahweh. And the king stood by the pillar, and he made a covenant before Yahweh to walk after Yahweh, to keep his mitzvot, his commandments, and to keep his testimonies, and to keep his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul, to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in the book, and all the people entered into the covenant. They stood and they covenantally joined themselves again with what had been forgotten, with what had been abandoned, with what men who preceded Josiah said, you know what, there is no law code for us. We are free to worship as we desire. We are free to worship however we feel is best now. Burn the law code of Yahweh Elohim. Verse 4, so the king, Josiah, he commanded Hilkiah, the priests and the priests of the second order and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple of Yahweh all the vessels that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron, and he carried their ashes to Bethel. 
He did away with the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had appointed to burn incense in the high places, in the cities of Judah and in the surrounding areas of Jerusalem, also those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the constellations, and to all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of Yahweh outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron and burned it there and ground it to dust. And he threw its dust on the graves of the common people. He broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes which were in the house of Yahweh, where the women were weaving hangings for the Asherah. He brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates which were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on the left side of the city. The altars which were on the roof, the king broke them down. He smashed them there. He threw them into dust. All these things. <laughs> it's endless. It is a laundry list of reparations, friend. He broke into pieces the sacred pillars. He cut down the ashram and he filled their places with human bones. He demolished the stones of the high places. He burns again the Asherah. Let's skip to verse 19. Josiah also had removed all the houses of the high places, which were in the cities of Samaria, which the kings of Israel had made, provoking Yahweh. He did to them just as he had done in Bethel. And all the priests of the high places who were with who were there, he slaughtered on the altars and burned human bones on them, and he returned to Jerusalem. Friends, do we understand the severity of what was taking place here? And we today are so tolerant. I look around, especially in this holiday season, where Christianity is so tolerant of idolatry. And I don't mean to get all emotional about it, but I feel like Josiah. I feel like King Josiah who is crying out, I have, I have discovered the revelation of Torah, of Yahweh's covenantal ways, of his counsel, of his instruction, of his commands. And friends, we are guilty. We are guilty. We're erecting trees and we're, we're making our own holidays and, and we're making... We're making Shabbat, Sabbath, the day of the sun. We don't worship like that anymore. We worship like this. Friend, it is the ways of the nations, and it is a repetitious cycle that Josiah inherited that is just outside our door. And it's called Christianity, and it's called the traditions of our Christian fathers. Apostolic, even. The apostles brought a, a, a reformation of a, of a New Age doctrine that is, that is Jesus alone. We have no need for law, friend. We're in the law of liberty, which permits us to do as we will. We have been set free. And friend, may I just submit for your consideration, if you are in that seat that I just said, 
Does it not sound exactly like what Josiah inherited and called out and tore down? Does it not sound the same to you? Using the word of Elohim alone. Because again, a righteous, godly man who was right in the sight of Yahweh, who didn't turn to the right or to the left, was walking right before the Lord until he encountered Yahweh's Torah. Doesn't this sound just like Shaul, Paul? Paul, I mean, I I had a whole other section to make this two different parts within the entire whole of this, uh, of Paul being a parallel. I'll stick my toe in for just a mere second because it's a mirror. It runs parallel. Paul is walking as a zealous man. He is, he is I would say, he's, he's, he's doing what is right. He was led to believe that, that Yeshua the Messiah, was, he was errantly told that he was, he was breaking the, the warnings of a false uh, Messiah from Deuteronomy chapter 13. And so he had to eradicate the false Messiah like had happened many times before. He was doing what was right in his own eyes. But he encounters the living Torah, Yeshua Messiah himself, and what does he do? It, 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 the imagery is very similar to Josiah. He falls prostrate in obeisance to acknowledge, I've been wrong in my zeal. I've inherited, <laughs> oddly enough, he inherited lies from the leaders who were, who were spreading rumors about Yeshua, who then spread rumors about Paul himself. This man is here to destroy Yahweh's Torah. And friend, isn't that ironic? That's what Christianity says now, that Jesus destroyed his father's own law code. <laughs> we have been fed the exact same cyclical lie that Josiah inherited. To stick to today's account. This says, you know what? You don't need to worship Yahweh alone. And there is no one law code for all man. You're free to do as you wish. And now we have a doctrine that says, you're free to do as you wish, dot, 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 in Jesus. But friends, what do we see in the word of Elohim? I don't care about Christian doctrine anymore. I don't care about modern theology anymore at all. I don't care about your opinion or mine via our upbringing and what we have been handed. But what happens when a righteous man encounters the Torah of Yahweh Elohim? He repents and he rends his garments. And he says it's time for things to change around here. So again, to wrap up part one here. Josiah did what was right in the eyes of Yahweh, and he walked in all the ways of his father, David. He didn't turn to the right or to the left. Year 18 of his reign, he discovers the Torah of Elohim. And everything that he was walking righteous in accordance to all that he knew up until that point changed. His eyes were open. He had a revelation. Again, just like Paul himself, just like me, just like millions of other people facing 
of my depravity apart from the beautiful Torah of my Father. Something that changed everything happened that day. And that's what I want to talk about more as we come back for part two. When a righteous man repents, you're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way here. We thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Check back for part two. We've got all these other um, series and individual videos on here. Um, Go through YouTube and see if you find anything that maybe piques your interest, friend. And uh, comment, send a message, send an email, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. We will be back for part two. Amen.